say we're gonna do top 15 horror yep. rpgs ever ever maybe ever. ever all right so um did you want to go over kind of criteria that sort of stuff yeah so what we focused on was uh games that were certainly rpgs uh and certainly horror and not so much that uh, they had a horror level because there's tons of RPGs that have some levels that have horror themes to them or Halloween themes to them, but it's got to be full-blown horror-related or Halloween-related in some sense. Just it, it can it can be you know friendly horror like Halloween, or it could be you know very gory, grotesque, uh, eldritch horrors that you get from. Uh, from the Cthulhu world type stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the full gamut, right? Uh, it could be full-blown gore, etc. So th that's the main criteria. And because of that, uh, we do have some, like, almost qualifieds. And this will give you an idea as to what we were looking for. So games that almost qualified for this list were uh, Resident Evil games, uh, Eternal Darkness, now, both of those games didn't make it because, yes, they are horror, but they are not RPGs. Another game that almost qualified was Path of Exile. Yes, yeah. it's an RPG, but it, didn't, it wasn't a full-blown, consistent horror game. So right. that's, that's meant to give an idea as to why we, didn't, why we eliminated uh, a few games from this list. And also, keep in mind, we're not going to list everything. Uh, we even struggled a little bit with the honorable mentions because it, the list could go on and on and on. There yeah. are a lot of stuff out there, so we uh, we had to limit uh, this down to 15. So keep that in mind as well. And, and also, we there were some biases in this as well in terms of games we've played over games we haven't played. Um, but, I mean, we... We understand like when a game is is really <laughs> good and it also has or horror RPG elements, um, but yeah. So again, that did have an effect on some of our numbers here. Uh, but did you want to did did we want to do honorable mentions first? Yeah, I think we should do the honorable mentions first. Yep. Okay. So honorable mentions, we have um, this first one's probably already going to get people peeved. <laughs> Parasite Eve. Uh, Parasite Eve is an honorable mention. Um, a lot of the uh, the SMT games, so Shimigami Tensei games, um, are honorable mentions. Uh, Vampire: The Masquerade, honorable mention. Pathologic games. I know there's a, a one coming. Is it out yet? It just it, recently it's released. Yeah. Okay. So Pathologic. Path so Pathologic. Uh, Castlevania. Uh, which one is this one? That's Portrait of Ruin. Portrait of Ruin. Oh, Castlevania. Okay, so uh, another one was Dying Light. Uh, Dying Light was uh, was one of them. Uh, Darkwood, uh, one that I particularly have some bad memories with. Uh, Prey. In a good way, though, right? Well, 
depends oh. on who you ask. Okay. <laughs> Darkwood, yeah, it is a very much a horror RPG. The yes, yes, dark. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, so uh, another one was Vampire, uh, with a Y R at the end. Uh, uh, don't forget about Prey. Oh, I thought I did say that. I'm sorry. You did uh, say it, but I just want to reiterate because some people may have lost that in the Nether. So okay, yes, uh, Prey is an honorable mention. Dead Island, another one. Knights in the Nightmare. Uh, Knights with a K-N-I-G-H-T-S, for those who never heard of it. And uh, then, almost no one will have heard of Knights in the Nightmare. Just I'm, just, point. I'm just, that's why I had to uh, say that. Um, and then also uh, Diablo 3. Uh, so almost. Though, Almost didn't make it onto our honorable mentions. Almost didn't. Diablo Immortals on the list. It's actually number 15. Um, it's not even out yet, but it's number 15. <laughs> it's, just, Diablo 3. it's so freaking scary. It's, you know, uh, it just has it... to exist to be better than Diablo 3. <laughs> no, Diablo 3 is good. I like Diablo 3. Um, uh, that's why it's in the honorable mentions. Yeah. So Diablo 3 is the, is the last one to mention there. So cool. Number 15. To begin our list. Right. Now, now we're on the official list. So official list here. Official, official. Of our top 15 uh, horror RPGs. Number 15 is the original gangsta, Diablo. Uh, Diablo, um, this one, I don't know. This might be on console. I, I don't know. Um, but it is, is certainly, most certainly on PC. Uh, it is on PlayStation. The original PlayStation. Okay. It might be on it might be on some other consoles, but uh, I definitely uh, know that it was on because uh, I've played it on both, and obviously, you know, playing on PC is the way to go. But my friends who've never experienced a Diablo style game, they played it through PC and they had a blast. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. This one was not on my list. I did not have a good time with Diablo, and even if you were to play it now, I, I don't know. I just don't think it aged <laughs> gracefully. Uh, to be honest with you, I understand it and appreciate it for what it is, uh, and it most certainly is a horror RPG. It's just the name itself um... it oozes, oozes horror atmosphere. Just, just the music, the tone of the game. It mm -hmm. is dark, dark, dark. It is you against the many. It is an excellent experience. It, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the original Diablo. There's a whole lot of other games on this on this list that would be very different. Oh yeah, because Diablo wouldn't have existed, the original Diablo. Yeah, and and I do I do like the whole aspect of 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 the dungeon crawling and the kind of like the randomized loot that just that in itself um, has inspired so many other games like the randomized loot thing. Um, you you have uh, Borderlands, a lot of the Dead Island games that I've talked about. Um, not Dead Island, Dying Light. Yeah, all the, those games is, is uh, they they kind of take that aspect. And Minecraft Dungeons is another one. And um, I I love that. I love getting like not, I love not knowing what I'm getting and the rarity uh, of it. You know, um, it, it's just that part of it is so so much fun. Um, but again, the there's just the 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 environment, the darkness of it all. Um, it, it was frightening, right? The first time you you come across the butcher and mm -hmm. his 
in raspy voice where he's like, ah, fresh meat. That is just, that is <laughs> scary. And then he comes up to you and he's swinging a big giant meat cleaver like right. crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, like, the town just becomes a full of, like, like, abducted people and, like, um, yeah. just fear and horror and, like... It's very depressing. Like, no one has any hopes. You're, you're the only ad uh, adventurer person that that is crazy enough to venture into the depths. And, yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah, I, I like... I like everything but the actual gameplay. Oh, Not the I gameplay, say, but I don't know. What, as you said there with the randomized loot drop thing, that is a, you know, if it wasn't for Diablo, we we wouldn't have that type of system in pretty much every game ever yeah. <laughs> since, since Diablo. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, prior to that, I mean, everything had been kind of just standard or like kind of drops and stuff. Cool, yeah, number 15. Number 14, we have... Uh, oh, this is this is all you, my friend. So we got Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. So this is the sequel to uh, the last Castlevania game that came out on the Game Boy Advance. This is the first Castlevania that came out on the Nintendo DS. And it basically took everything that uh, its predecessor did and improved upon it, polished it, and also incorporated the weird touch ds stylus -y type stuff uh so the castlevania games that were on the handhelds so both the game boy and the the ds were absolute treasures all of them were just magic fantastic games played like dreams they were just excellent uh sort of ways to play it short term long term lots of stuff to do uh, fantastic combat system, exploration, uh, etc. One of the things that kind of holds this one back, even though it plays better than its predecessors, is that there was a major shift in the tone and presentation of Castlevania, where they went towards a lighter, younger audience anime aesthetic versus uh, the more gothic style that the mm -hmm. uh, Game Boy Advance Castlevanias went with. So... Uh, that's kind of what takes it, uh, drops it down a few notches on this list. But don't let that fool you. The game is absolutely ph phenomenal. Like uh, gameplay reigns over everything. I think Geo agrees with me on that. That gameplay is king. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to gameplay, like these Castlevania games on the handheld, uh, they there's just no match to them, uh, or very few can can sort of meet or exceed them because they are phenomenal games to play. And in terms of, of horror, the horror aspect, I mean, you're, you're basically, I'm assuming you're fighting Dracula as, as in most, oh. most of well, them. For most of them. Sure. For most of I, uh, I don't want to say too much about the Dawn of Sorrow, Ari of Sorrow, uh, storyline stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's not just that though. It's, Castlevania is the first game that I can think of uh, when you're going all the way back to Castlevania 1 that is pure Halloween. It's like the Halloween the game because it's throwing everything at you. It's throwing witches at you, vampires at you, skeletons and Frankenstein, the creature. Uh, it's throwing uh, the, well, the creature from the Black Lagoon, right? The, the weird merfolk yep, uh, yep. type creature thing. It's throwing 
everything at you uh, that relates to horror. It's got the ghosts, the Medusa heads and whatnot. You name it, it's got it. Spiders, bats, galore. <laughs> Just like the full the full gamut of everything that is horrific uh, and, and fits the horror genre, it's in there. It's in there. It's going to be some enemy that you're going to come across that you have to defeat. Yeah. All right, cool. So number 13, we have Bioshock. Yeah. Um, Bioshock. This, this is definitely one of the games that I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong um, in this, that I think the the first half of this game is a lot more frightening than the second half, because I don't think there's a lot more, like when the first half of the game, you're, you're, you meet the, uh, what's her name, the girl there. Jeez, I can't even remember oh, her name. Oh, uh, Little Sister. Little Sister, and then you meet Big Daddy, and just that whole the whole um, the meeting of these people and the and, and the doctors and all that stuff, um, I, I think when you when you're like that is where it's just it's just an uneasiness, or, or, or like around that whole that whole meeting of the minds, I guess you could call it. It's it's more than just that because as you're going into different, uh, I'm gonna call them biomes. They're not really biomes. They're like parts of the city sections of the city mm -hmm. there's unique stories tailored to them and that ties into typically the the, the boss of that area right, uh, right, right, right. Uh, there's a lot to their story and there's all their pretty much all their stories are horrific <laughs> in in a in a in in the way they present those characters uh i think there was one that was like a plastic surgeon or dentist or maybe they were both of them had their own thing, but I think it was a plastic surgeon. Uh, and you hear stories, you pick up these uh, uh, tape, these recordings mm -hmm. from people that, you know, from both the doctor and from the, uh, the doctor's patients and how they got deformed. And this doctor became obsessed with like perfecting beauty and, and, and finding a new way to interpret beauty, which is basically mutilating people's yeah, faces. Right. And then you see these people uh, that have been mutilated, and they're coming after you, and you got to blast them. And it, it's just, it's just, it's a nice way to present uh, uh, a a horror uh, through through this sort of manner. Uh, there are, and even when that sort of runs dry, uh, you still have the aspect of surprise, the element of surprise. Because every now and then, things will be quiet, and then you hear someone that's right behind you, and they come after you swinging a, a lead pipe or something. Right, and and there's advantages too in terms of combat, right? So you can you can go out guns blazing. There's some stealth kind of stealthy kind of mechanics to this where that that could also you know help help you out. Um, yep. But you're, uh, you're making, yeah, you're making choices uh, regarding how you're going to enhance your character mm -hmm. and that's based on uh, another choice you make with the little sister whether you want to harvest them or let them go free uh and then using uh a certain resource uh you're going to be able to purchase things that you're that is going to expand your character's capabilities and that becomes a loadout as well 
and you can, as you're gaining and obtaining more abilities, you can't use them, you can't carry everything with you at the same time, but what you can do is change your spec. Uh, so you can sort of adapt your playstyle uh, according to the situation or the environment that you're in. If you're in a place that's uh, lots of ice is everywhere, maybe you want to carry some of that fire pyrokinesis mm -hmm. stuff. So really great game across the board. Uh, really good story, except for the very, very, very end. It's goes off the rails in the very end but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what i was saying like the first the, like i enjoy the first half of this game so much better uh just for those those moments because I, I i think you and i are both in the same boat where we both enjoy horror movies and and just it felt it felt really to in my opinion it felt uh i don't know well better written in the beginning half i i don't know i kind of lose this focus like you were saying um, uh, well, when it loses focus for me, it was at the very, very end, like the literal very the end. ending. Yeah, like, a little weird. Yeah. It it tells its story real good. It's got the aha moment, uh, uh, the the little the little twist. It's got a really good twist in there, and mm -hmm. it's a great storytelling. And then the atmosphere, the fact that you are you know underneath an ocean. Uh, and you can hear the the creaking and and, and banging and and the, almost the pressure. You can kind of hear and almost feel the pressure, right. the weight of the ocean that's mm -hmm. pressing on the building itself. And not only that, but if you are, have a fear of drowning, yeah, this game will. <laughs> <laughs> this if you have that kind of phobia, which uh, I don't want to drown, and that. You know, being surrounded by water and having pipes bursting constantly and having rooms get flooded with water every now and then. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It is a good It's also available on the Switch. Uh, Bioshock, the original, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite. Yep. Yep. And as a collection, and it is an excellent, well-worth-the-money collection. Right. All right, cool. Number 12. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, we've mentioned this game many, many times, and in the same vein as some of the Castlevanias are out there, um, it's it's up there uh, in terms of really good soundtrack, uh, really good music, uh, visuals are really done well. Deep RPG mechanics in this in this game. Um, Very deep. Uh, for the Switch, it had kind of a rough launch, but I think they've kind of smoothed things out at uh, at this point. I'd have to go back and replay it, but I'm pretty sure that they've smoothed things out. And, um, yeah, it has all those same things that you've mentioned with the, with Dawn of Sorrow. It has all those monsters, all those, all those creepy, creepy things in there. Yeah. No, uh, maybe not all, all of them because, uh, they can't sort of use monsters that are unique to the Castlevania sort of mythos. But sure. they've got uh, a whole lot of them, and they got plenty of that sort of uh, smorgasbord of Halloween horror creatures that right. that you would want to be present there. So yeah, and man, it it is it it really is a good game. I played it on when it was having problems on the Switch, so I would have to you know kind of refer to you on how it, how it plays i'm assuming it plays really really well it's 
it's definitely a game where gameplay is king and and yeah bloodstain definitely uh definitely succeeds on that the way if i had to compare it to uh, castlevania which is, is an obvious comparison it plays uh gameplay wise it plays as as one of the best it's as good as the best of the best from the castlevania franchise uh it's sort of that's sort of its its point because it's taking everything that that has that castlevania as a franchise has built on uh and learned from and it does all of those things it's sort of taking the knowledge it learned from all the prior castlevania games and using it to uh, its fullest capabilities, and that's reflected in the gameplay 100%. It plays yeah. as good as uh, the last true Castlevania game, which was uh, Order of Ecclesia. It's funny how you mentioned true There's been some Castlevania games since that one, uh, but they're not true Castlevania. <laughs> you, you, just don't, you just don't recognize them. They're not true. um but in terms of horror it has it has the same aspects like you had mentioned with the previous castlevania games i think it still does even though it might not have the monsters it still has the kind of like the dilapidated town kind of the haunted kind of mansion or castle or whatever fountains of blood and and women bathing in in bathtubs of blood and just lots of blood blood there might be some blood and blood stains yeah. It's weird how that maybe, happens. Maybe a little. <laughs> All right. Number 11. Demon Souls. Demon or Souls. Demon Souls. What is what is Demon Souls? Demon Souls. I never got to play Demon Souls. It it is the uh so a lot of people uh give praise to they they praise the sun regarding Dark Souls. But Demon Souls did it first, oh. and it, it was the game that uh, predates. And maybe it didn't get everything right, and maybe it does have some rugged area uh, edges here and there. And maybe maybe uh, they didn't fully figure out how to best present uh, that sort of gameplay system and in the world and things like that. But man, oh man, it well it did it first, and what it did do, it definitely did well. Maybe a little obtuse, but it did it real good, good enough to where they essentially perfected it with Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, but Demon Souls, so so good. It is a. If I had to describe it, it is the. It is a. Dark. Horror, medi- medieval horror game. Right. Yeah. You're playing as like some, some medieval character that uh, you know uh, is uh. I th- I can't remember that opening sequence uh, very well. I think I think you're like trying to defend a castle or something like that, and then you get to the end, and there's a demon, and uh, almost certainly you die because the demon only has to like hit you once or twice, and and then you're dead, and then that's the opening to the game. You right. like you kind of have to die, and you get killed by a demon that just like whacks you very easily, and then you die, and then you get resurrected, and then you're you're kind of just going through and you have uh you have a lot of choices where you want to go but but you get to go through these different uh sort of zones and uh each of these zones there's just it goes deeper into sort of this darkness and and what has caused the land to sort of uh, to 
to sort of be engulfed in war and demise. And it's like this big, giant, weird dragon, evil dragon god Mm -hmm. thing. And uh, yeah, there's just all sorts of just like evil, evil creatures galore. Uh, One zone is like just filled with skeletons, like lightning storm skeletons. I I forgot what they called them. That sounds terrible. uh, It sounds like it would be a terrible situation. Oh, it's very, every situation in that game is just a terrible, terrible situation. There's, everything's undead everywhere, uh, and you're killing stuff, and if you, um, I don't think they had barn fires. I forgot what they were called uh, in that one. It might have been a barn fire. Hard to remember, but there was a, it it would have that barn fire mechanic, so because everything's undead, essentially, uh, if you rest at, the bonfire or whatever it was uh everything would then resurrect and you know that room you cleared oh they're back again and like oh yeah kill it all over again i i feel like i need to jump back into a dark souls or i'd like to jump into demon souls and get that that feeling again where you where you rest at a bonfire and then all of a sudden just everything is back i loved it i absolutely and so much i enjoy dark souls games so much um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming this one also has kind of like the feeling of just dread. Absolutely. Like constant, yeah. constant dread. You're, you're just, you know, you're going to die. You know, it's happening and you have like a, a bunch of souls, like you're sitting on it. It's there. You don't want to drop it because if you drop, it, you only have one chance to recover it. And man, is it an awful feeling when all that time kind of just gets reset to zero you just waste like like you just died twice in a row yep. and yet you just wasted the last two hours of your of your life right there just gone now with with uh the playstation is it was it playstation 3 it was on it was a ps3 game yep now was the the combat as tight and precise as it the was, other yeah it, it was very tight very precise not as polished and precise but it was absolutely serviceable. Like okay. more than enough, it was it was serviceable. Got the job done. Uh, I am so the big thing with this one is this could move up. If we were ever to do this list again, uh, and we were, if we were to just wait a few months and made this list, that game could have moved up because a remake is coming for Demon Souls. Right. That looks absolutely fantastic. It definitely it does look visually stunning, yeah. um, and I would like to think that they've improved upon anything that was kind of just waxing and waning in the wind oh, there. You oh. know, just just the way the animations look on that on that remake, and it's a full blown remake, right? Like top 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 the ground or whatever. Uh, just the animations, they're smoother, they're faster, and they're more connective. Uh, accurate on their connection and they're more physical uh so it it's going to feel like a like an upgrade not only does it look like an upgrade it's gonna feel like it's an upgrade right awesome and 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 demon souls would i'm 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 on the fence on whether or not i should get an xbox the latest xbox or the newer xbox or the newer playstation um demon souls is kind of pushing me that way but I, I don't know i still haven't made the decision there yet anyway uh number 10 we are hitting the top 10 here uh number 10 um dark souls 2 
Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2. I had this a little lower on my list uh, than you had it on your list. Uh, so we came to a consensus and it is at number 10. And um, I, I don't know what it was about Dark Souls 2. I, I enjoyed it, just not as much as uh, some of the other ones. And um, again, I, 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 I don't know why. I mean, they all have the same mechanics. I, I, I just think the way it was telling the story, it just didn't feel, I don't know, it just didn't get me. Not necessarily. I think Dark Souls 2, the big takeaway of Dark Souls 2 is it was a pretty big leap up regarding character, mm-hmm. how you customized your character, and the options that you had available to you in order to further customize your character. It, it was a major leap up from right. Dark Souls, where builds... There was a, just a wider opportunity to create diverse build sets. There definitely uh, was. Like dual shielding could have, <laughs> is a thing that you could do. It's like ridiculous stuff uh, that you couldn't normally do uh, due to uh, just some co- constraints of Dark Souls. Dark Souls 2 like, opened up those constraints. And you could do a lot with it. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I... I... And it was it was harder because Dark Souls. After you kind of figured out how to play that game, it it was kind of easy. <laughs> Dark not, Souls is not that it's an easy game, but I understand what you I understand what you mean though. Once you learn, like, yeah, it's a game that you want to use a shield, then you kind of got the gist of Dark Souls. But Dark Souls Two, like, really stepped up the difficulty. By a lot. It was it hit hard for people that were already familiar with the Dark Souls or the Souls like combat system. It hit you hard. It, and not only that, but they did a like a what was it like Scholar of the First Sin? Yeah, it was an expansion. And, they they improved yeah. it upon everything too. And not only did they improve it, but they also made it harder <laughs> in that. <laughs> because they like rearrange some of the enemies that you encounter where you'd encounter harder enemies earlier into the game and whatnot yeah it was a uh, so it kind of you get to relive in dark souls so you get to relive that dread of like not wanting to die <laughs> because you have so much at stake but you know the game is so hard that you're going to die it's yeah. just great uh, no you in playing dark souls you unless you're one of those crazy speedrunners, which Man, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Um, yeah, you're you're gonna die. You're yeah. without a doubt. Every every corner that you are going to turn, you're always wondering, like, all right, what's gonna kill me? What's right. gonna kill? Me? Is is it gonna be a trap? Is it gonna be some enemy hiding behind a wall or a bush or something? Mm-hmm. Something's going to kill you. Something. Yeah, gotta love them. Gotta love them. Dark Souls games. All right, cool. Number nine. Again, it's all you, brother. Number nine, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. As I said before, it is the best Castlevania, uh, the best newest version of Castlevania, official Castlevania that you can get around there. Absolutely fantastic. It's got the best of the best, uh, the tightest combat, uh, the best feel for the combat. It's got a huge diversity of uh, biomes, uh, the way that they separate the map 
into different loca locations that you can independently explore. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, and then it still gives you uh, the thing you want. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it gives you that thing that you expect for a Castlevania game. It still gives you that on top of everything else that it gives you. And it just layers it all nice on top of uh, one another. And another key point is that it goes back to the gothic aesthetic, the, yeah. the more mature presentation in graphics. And, oh, man, the sprite work and the animations are absolutely fantastic on Order of Ecclesia. Uh, top-notch music, top-notch combat and gameplay, and just a, a great character, too. Shinoa, just uh, really... Uh, a really interesting character because she has that whole rune thing on her back. I don't know if it's a tattoo or not, but she can like suck in uh, runes after defeating enemies. They can turn into a rune sometimes, and, and suck them in. Suck it in, and they're so every enemy. Not only are they giving you experience for for you killing them, and they can drop something, some loot. But they also have a chance to turn into a rune that is unique to them and gives you a unique power that only that one enemy can grant you. And, and you can farm them and mm -hmm. get multiple iterations of those runes that then create a compounding effect for that power that you have stored within you. It's just a fantastic grind like like system. And that's, where you want and everything. that's something that Bloodstain um, took into uh, one of its things that it does so uh, i forget what they call it in bloodstained ritual of the night where you can farm these types of gems or whatever and get there was a lot of stuff in bloodstained where it yeah. was yeah it was uh material crafting materials that you could farm mm -hmm. it was the uh, the shards the blood shards that you could farm that gives you uh abilities that's or you yep. could turn them into uh other abilities yeah those it's like i said with bloodstained bloodstained was sort of taking everything it learned before Mm -hmm. And just cranking it up to eleven, and what it, a lot of what it learned before was Order of Ecclesia. Yeah. And as with any Castlevania game, it's got all the Halloween stuff you could ever want. It's got all the spooks. You want to fight against werewolves, werecats, werebears? It's got it. It's got it all. It's got it all. Yeah, I got a lot of spooky stuff. Lots. All right, cool. Uh, next. Not only is this next game scary, it is downright difficult. Um, yeah. Darkest Dungeon. Uh, Darkest Dungeon at number eight. Um, this is definitely... A, it's always one I recommend uh, to people. Uh, I think it's a it's a fun game. Yes, it's, it is difficult. Um, it's a fun game. I, I love the, the kind of the town management of this. And you want to talk about Dread. That whole town that you're... you're I think you're essentially visiting. If I'm trying to remember the story again, it's, um, it's your estate. It's oh, it's your it is your estate. Yeah. I thought we were visiting. Uh, no, we're staying. <laughs> uh, but that whole town is just filled with, oh, just rotting. It feels like everything is just falling apart around you, rotting around you. Um, you get these travelers who essentially are basically running the dungeons. Um, you're trying to recruit these people, and Boy, does it nail the horror, like aesthetic. It it is yeah. uh, um it is an absolutely fun game. I actually 
um, when we're playing Pathfinder or D and D, the 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 darkest dungeon soundtrack is one that we like to play, especially when we're in like dungeons. Um, it is just it is perfect for that situation. Um, but yes, it is it is a very difficult difficult game. Yeah, it it lands everything Eldritch Horror. Uh, what was the name of that author that created all that stuff? The Eldritch kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The werewolf stuff, shapeshifter stuff. Very famous author. I keep forgetting the person's name. I don't know right now. I'm Uh, I'm 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 looking it up. But uh, it lands that uh, everything, uh, almost all the major writings that that author is known for is encapsulated within this game with with a heavier emphasis emphasis on the eldritch stuff but it has the shape-shifting stuff and and all of those horror elements are all in there so we're not talking like light-hearted uh halloween kid-friendly horror we're talking like really sinister like dark cosmic type horror things mm-hmm. that make your mind melt forever where you're going to the madhouse because you cannot comprehend the level of despair and and stress uh, that is induced by these mythical, cosmic, otherworldly things. Right, and stress plays a really a major role in how you manage your party members or these visitors. Right, um, they either have to, they either get way too stressed out, and they get all these quirks, like negative quirks, where they, this this negative quirk is stuck on that character. You cannot get it off unless you just send them send them away. You don't want them anymore. Um, so you really have to kind of play play that game as to who you want in your party because you don't you don't fall in love with anybody in your party because they can just turn on you that that fast. Not not only turn on you, but uh, they there is permadeath in the game as well. Yeah. And they can die not just from just from physical damage, but they can die from mental, psychological damage. Uh if they build up stress too high, they they can die from a heart attack. They just die from pure fear and stress. Uh they just cave into it. Uh the author, by the way, uh the the famous writer, horror fiction writer is called uh HP Lovecraft. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Lovecraft keyword Lovecraft. I will never forget the, the word Lovecraft ever again. I apologize to to H.P. Lovecraft. I am sorry for forgetting. We should have definitely. I, yeah. I should have definitely. I mean, I, I closely associate him with, like, the Cthulhu stuff. Um, Maybe I should have. As you should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <'Cause> he... <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about the Eldritch type of stuff. Um, I will tell you, though, he is a native New Englander. Um, yep. let me let me look up his wiki here. I think he was born in Rhode Island. Yeah. So it's if you are a H.P. Lovecraft fan and and or appreciate that kind of horror, then that's that's what Darkest Dungeons all about. It's also turn based, uh, which is different from pretty much all the games that we described up until this point. This is the first turn based RPG mm-hmm. on our list, and. It nails it really, really well. 
uh, there's a lot riding on every single ability and every single action that you are taking or that the enemy takes, there's a lot at stake because uh, it's almost a flip of the coin where, where things go from being good to being bad and even worse than that, right? Uh, so there's a lot riding on it, and that sort of sort of plays into the the stress-inducing nature of uh, of these dungeon delves that your recruited party members that you have invested so much into are going through. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Gotta love me my darkest dungeon. The the thing that holds darkest dungeon back. Because this this would be this is a prime example of what a horror RPG would be, but we do have to state you know why isn't higher on the list? Well, it's not higher on the list because man, the game is so punishing. Well, it is very punishing, but you had said that the the end game is even uh, not just punishing; it's kind of grindy. That to me, that's that's all. That's the punishment right there. Yeah, like, I, I don't mind it being hard, but it's it's hard to a point where where you start hating it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't want to hate things here. No. All right, cool. Uh, number seven, man. Th- these games are just <sighs> all over the place. <laughs> number seven is yet another Castlevania. Aria of Sorrow. Uh, this was the third Castlevania game on the Game Boy Advance. It was also the last one on the Game Boy Advance, and it nailed. It added a very critical system that the Castlevania franchise has essentially leveraged from this point forward because it was just so, so good. And that was the soul system, yeah. where every single enemy had a very unique soul. And uh, if you kill that enemy enough times, you can capture their soul, and their soul gave you access to some fundamentally unique power that only that enemy type would have. And you could farm that enemy type and get more more souls of that same enemy type, and that would enhance that power uh, related to that uh, to that enemy. Uh, so it that combined with all the other gameplay elements of uh, enemies being able to drop blue and uh, obviously giving you experience and allowing you to level up, all of those things just manifested into a quintessential Castlevania experience. Uh, this was, uh, it also has that same beloved uh, gothic art style. Uh, they also did uh, some things different with the storyline, where this is one of the Castlevanias that take place furthest into the future storyline, uh, where you're you actually have access to uh, firearms and and guns uh, that you can use. And the game takes place in well, I don't think it's the future anymore, but it was the future when the game came out. Where uh, 2035 where... is is where it begins. All right, so we're not there yet, but we're a lot closer to 2035 than when uh, when you when played the, the game. Uh, so it's just really, really good, and they do uh, some some key things, right? You're not playing as a Belmont; you're playing right. as a Cruz, which is interesting. Uh, but there is a Belmont present, but you're not playing as the Belmont. Why are you not playing as the Belmont? Oh. 
I don't know, interesting. Uh, and it it does intriguing stuff, and it also does intriguing stuff elsewhere, and it is just fantastic galore. Great art, great music, uh, just everything you would want, just pretty much perfected at the time, and uh, taking what it learned from games before it, just overall excellent, excellent experience, mm -hmm. and it it's so highly rated because of how uh, how monumental that soul system was. Right. Because you look at uh, games that we've mentioned before: Order of Ecclesia, Ritual of the Night, Dawn of Sorrow, etc. All those games use some variation of that soul system, if right. not direct. And it's and it's tweaked in such a way where it makes it may make it a little better. Um, it's just I th I think that soul system is a very cool and kind of unique, obviously to um, to what Castlevania does. Yep. All right, cool. Number six, we have Diablo two. Diablo two is definitely uh, we've mentioned Diablo right. Um, and and all of its things that come along with it, kind of like the feeling of dread, all that type of stuff, just the the world itself. Uh, but I will say that Diablo Two is just a much, I think it's a much improved upon iteration of Diablo. Um, I I think this is really where the like the jumping off point was for Diablo. I think this is where I got into Diablo. Um, and it's where, like, I don't remember in Diablo running into, like, a bunch of enemies at one time. I do remember in Diablo 2 running into a bunch of enemies at one time. And maybe that's due to the fact that the PC couldn't handle it or whatever it was. Um, but I do, like I said, I remember just the massive amount of enemies in Diablo 2 running around, collecting random loot, collecting mana, collecting health, which, again, you could do some of that, or you could do that in Diablo. I just liked it better um, in in Diablo 2. I felt like the worlds were, or the maps, were a lot bigger. And again, that probably yeah. has something to do with the, the you know, the improvements on on just the computers alone. Yeah, and, and the engine... Uh... I don't. I don't think it was the same engine. I, they just did a massive overhaul graphically yeah. of what Diablo was capable of, especially with the lighting system. And they did this weird parallax scrolling effect uh, where they had like mesh meshes uh, tied to tied to sprites and textures, and they could do like warping and perspective warping uh, based on depth and distance. Mm -hmm. And you had to have uh, graphics cards that would be able to support that type of uh, 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 graphics improvement, enhancement. Uh, and if you didn't have those types of graphics cards, then you'd kind of miss out on that. And it was a really cool effect when you had it enabled. Uh, and also, I think the first Diablo had no outdoor environments, except for Tristram. Uh, I think right. everything else was In underground. Or, or in in some yeah in a dungeon of sorts, but Diablo two, it's like nope, we're gonna actually the first area you're gonna explore is outdoors, mm -hmm. and, and then you start going 
into like dungeons and caves and, and buildings and whatnot. But there was a lot of outdoor places too. And they were huge and open. That was a very big thing with Diablo 2 is how open everything was. Right. And you could do and it had both in the same map, right? So you could be outdoors and then all of a sudden you're you're going into a dungeon. Um and, and then I also remember there being like a lot more classes as well. Uh yeah. Diablo had and Diablo 2 had five. Um, okay. And there were ex- there were expansions on that as well. That I, I don't remember the names, but I remember uh, Lord Diablo. Of Destruction. Lord of Destruction added uh, two more classes, the Druid and the Assassin. Okay. So, again, I just think an overall better, better game. Um, much more Im- improved upon. Uh, that, that's for sure. Yeah, I I felt like I had a lot more fun. Um, I I never played it multiplayer, but I think there was multiplayer associated with it as well. Um, oh yeah, yeah, multiplayer was a huge part of it because you you know you you beat the game, and then you unlock the next difficulty, yeah. and then you go through the game and you beat it again, and you unlock the next difficulty. I think there were either three or four difficulties with Diablo, and everything got substantially harder. And then you're on the final difficulty, and things are really, really hard. And but you're also fighting things, dying a lot, but you're also getting loot. So it had that that loot system of Diablo, but they expanded on it dramatically. They added in um, something fundamental, which was sets. Oh yeah, that's right. That, that was a huge thing, which almost every single game now uses set items as part of their their right M- just about every single mmo out there has some degree of set set items. and set but yeah, yeah getting your set bonuses and and whatnot yeah. yeah you wear multiples of the set and they give this compounding enhancement effect that was introduced i think for the first time in diablo 2 or expansion yeah, diablo 2 yeah I'm, I'm not entirely sure on on that but yeah i do i do remember having having to deal with armor sets and, and, and whatnot. And also um, uh, socketing gems and runes into your gear was also from Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. Uh, you could also do crazy stuff like uh, you could random... Uh, you had the Herodric cube. So you could actually do crafting and like random, uh, randomly sort of generate items from the cube using yep. like weird Herodric cube formulas. Yeah, they uh, they implemented that in uh, Diablo three as well. Not not too um, not as good as they did in Diablo two, uh, but yeah. I don't I don't know if it was good in Diablo. It it worked. It was serviceable mm-hmm. uh, and certainly there. But I don't I don't know if it was like something that they thought of uh, to that degree because they added more and more recipes as they continue to patch Diablo 2. And they, they added a lot more to Diablo 2 as it continued. So it was just a game that kept on living because it was so great when it first came out. It got substantially better with, with the uh, Lord of Destruction expansion. And then the patches that they continued to release afterwards just further enhanced an excellent game that you wanted to play with other people because the battle net service was great and was open and free Mm -hmm. i i think the the really what we haven't talked about the 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 best aspect of diablo 2 was the was the auction house 
Oh wait, no, that's <laughs> that's not Diablo two. Sorry. <laughs> I th I think the best best aspect of Diablo two, when you're going through the first time, right? We're talking about because we we've played the game so many times. We're talking about the fun aspects that make you keep playing the game. But when you play that game for the first time, the storyline was actually really engrossing. Mm -hmm. It was actually interesting. Instead of uh, you know delving down through the dungeon to to kill Diablo, you're trying to find and stop the resurrection of Diablo and of Diablo's brothers, right. and and you're getting close, but yet still just a little bit too far away every single time. And you're learning more about the world, and you're going past beyond Tristram, right? You're going to I don't know, the desert place, I forgot what that was called. And you're going to the jungle place, which I also forgot what that was called. And then you're going to the <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, but I, it, I agree. Yeah. Yep. And in each of those biomes, it, it shows you the horrific creatures uh, relative to the mythos uh, of those cultures. Uh, you got like weird snaky things in the desert place and you got like little tiny pygmy people that shoot darts at you poisonous darts at you at the mm -hmm. jungle place those things are crazy and they make this weird sound <laughs> it's always freaky especially when when you can hear those sounds when you're in the underground areas and uh -huh. it's, yeah definitely definitely creepy stuff and uh what was it my first experience with the storyline of uh the countess the blood countess was from diablo 2 where where there was this uh side quest that you could do uh where you have to go and kill uh elizabeth bathory she was like a, a mini boss that you had oh to kill. Yeah, yeah okay and that's a horrific story in and of itself yeah i i, I want to say you've mentioned something about that before but yeah and Path of Exile is almost like a, a sister to Diablo 2. Not a sister. Yep. What would you call it? It's it's very, very uh, inspired by it. That's for, for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Number five. Top five now. All you, brother? <laughs> Top five. And finally, you can attest to play in this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, another Castlevania game. Sorry, but at least you'll agree with me. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is definitely belongs at this spot because, man, is it a great game. It was the, the Castlevania game to do the definitive Metroidvania RPG experience and do it right and did it first. Well, maybe not first first, but it definitely nailed it. Uh, you know, maybe Castlevania 2, maybe you could argue was the first time experience, but, you know, this was the first legitimate Castlevania RPG experience, and it nailed it awesomely. Everything about it. And not only that, uh, so we're going to take, like, all the awesome things about Castlevania. It's there. You got spell casting because you're, you're, you know, the son of Dracula, so you can do spell casting, and you have a mana system, mm -hmm. and you Play, you could create different builds for yourself and play very differently with, ver with a whole massive diversity 
of weapons. There's just so many different weapons and, and shields and combinations that you could do. And some weapons had hidden movesets and hidden abilities that were tied directly to the weapon or the shield or uh, different properties assigned to different armor that you could wear or capes or rings. Just lots of character customization. All that stuff's great. But one thing that is cannot be argued is that the soundtrack Bingo. is like I was waiting for you I was waiting for you to finish and just I was gonna say the same exact thing. Go go ahead. Is it this is not only is this the best soundtrack for Castlevania, it is one of the best soundtracks in video gaming history. Just pure and simple history of video gaming, this is one of the best soundtracks. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, it's definitely one of the most memorable of all the Castlevanias. I will say that. It's got a lot of great, great tracks to it. I don't know about history. History. I don't want to go that far. I um, would. Because that's that's a lot of games. That's a lot of great other other great soundtracks. I'd have I'd have to I'd have to rank we can rank those too. We can we can hit those too. We can, but this is the one I hum almost on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I mean for me it's it's bloody tears. Like that's it's always bloody tears. Yeah, it's it's just just that's all it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all those things you said about Castle those other Castlevania games in terms of the environment, in terms of the feeling of you get while playing it, the monsters, the creatures, all all those things. Uh, lumped into one, done really well, uh, all tied up in a bow, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It, yep. Sorry. It, yep. it really is. It is a. It, it's a perfect game. It's a really good game. Yeah, and it, it was uh, also the first Castlevania that I can think of that felt where the platforming felt entirely in your control. Yep. Whereas previous Castlevania games, when you jumped. Uh, you are more or less locked into your trajectory and your momentum. Uh, but in this one, you could, because you were not a Belmont, you actually could move midway through your jump and do a double jump and, and all sorts of gymnastics that weren't really humanly capable because, well, you're kind of not really human entirely. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is definitely one of the great ones. That's for sure. Number 4. Number 4 is Dark Souls 3. Uh Dark Souls 3 is probably one of my more favorite Dark Souls. Uh I absolutely um again, it's it's got all the things we've mentioned before. It's got the feeling of dread everywhere. Um, it's, it's got downtrodden people everywhere. Even the NPCs sound depressed and, and just like, <laughs> oh man. It, it, but, uh, what I remember most of Dark Souls 3 are the, uh, bosses. I absolutely love the bosses. Like the, um, the, tw the twins is a very memorable, uh, battle for me. The dancer is, is another one, um, they're, they're, it's just got really cool boss design um, and they all do something different and of course they're all incredibly difficult I want to say in the first 
I don't know, maybe two minutes of the game, you're already fighting a boss. <laughs> uh, probably even less than that, depending on which path you take. Because I've played, I've played this games a couple times through. Um, and again, it's it's just a, a beautiful looking game because it was it was kind of released later in the oh not or later it was released during Xbox One, PlayStation Four. Uh, I don't remember yep. if it was uh like right when they released but anyway um it looks visually it looks awesome um i i think a lot of the the puzzles in it make sense and i think that might be why i i rank dark souls 2 lower it's just some of the puzzles are a little obtuse and i really didn't like them that much i, I would say it's certainly the uh the level design for me dark souls 2 took a step back yeah and dark souls 3's level design just took it's a, a very nice balance between what the original dark souls did level design wise and what dark souls 2 did it found the perfect balance where the levels were very intricate very elaborate intertwine they, a little better but they were also there was still sort of a relative linear progression where you're entering where you're consistently entering a new biome uh, one after another, and then eventually starts to branch out, and there's multiple options that you have available to you as to where you want to go next. Right, and and I think it makes sense being the third iteration, uh, quite pop, maybe even the fourth iteration if you want to put Demon Souls into there. I think the combat feels a lot better in Dark Souls three. And yeah, they they improve the combat with that uh, that web. What was it like a weapon skill? Yeah. Thing? Uh, where every single weapon had its unique ability that that was built into it. Uh, I think shields had it too. It's hard. It's kind of hard to remember, but uh, how much of the stuff? But they, it's the best iteration of the Dark Souls combat is in Dark Souls Three. It's pretty much the best iteration of everything you could expect. The best graphics, the best combat. Uh, some of the best uh, and most memorable boss fights, uh, environments, everything was just super top-notch, excellent quality across the board. Uh, the the sort of feel for the game was also it was different from the the other Dark Souls, where mm. everything kind of felt like thing that this was truly the end. Like, like it felt like, because you get you get to that point where you see, because the whole game, it, you you learn very early on that all the other people that were supposed to rekindle decided not to rekindle. Right. Yeah. And that they were truly wanting the world to, they wanted to darkness to the age of darkness to to be a thing instead of, you know, reigniting and rekindling the age of fire. And it was also more so that. I think the ability to rekindle the fire was weakening or or was was at odds because yeah, the, at, the whole game is just depressing. It's very depressing because it sent, it seemed like uh the feel of it was that these were the this was the last cycle. Yeah. This was indeed the end times. Mhm. Mm yeah, and you kind of see that when when you eventually get to the end and there's like a big hole in the sky <laughs> a big black hole there just yeah yeah and, and like you were saying it's got everything you you expect in a dark souls it's got the difficult combat it's got the uh the intertwining puzzles kind of the metroidvania um aspect um 
of of it all the platforming that sort of stuff um the soundtrack nothing really memorable but it just it just works to steal a phrase from todd howard it just works uh it's just like all the ethereal stuff all the kind of like the background music it just really fits the what what they were going for here uh, and and especially the the boss battles with just excellent choirs just really yeah. ramping and making it feel as epic as it is yeah and, and the story is what you make of it uh or you know as much as you want to know um it, it's it's written in item descriptions it's written in notes it's written or it's told to you in um with npcs um and even with npcs depending on whether you save them kill them fight with them fight against them um changes the story it, it changes uh some things in in some of the items you might get that sort of stuff but yeah, again, I I could go on forever with with Dark Souls three. It's one of one of my more more favorite ones. Um. Oh yeah, cool. Number three, we have System Shock two. System Shock two, uh, just an absolute fantastic game to exemplify RPG and horror together. Yeah, it it has. Both of those two things, uh, very excellent stuff. So the RPG mechanics, so unlike Bioshock, which was definitely a, a significantly lighter take on RPG, uh, System Shock 2 is not bad. Like, you got, you, you got your stats, you're dumping points into those stats, uh, you got multiple uh, sort of uh, skill categories, I forgot what they described it in as, but each of those things could... Uh, give you a very different play style and in fact cause you to uh, to access different rooms and different situations in very fundamentally different ways different different gameplay ways uh, where uh, you could hack something if you had the hacking skill or uh, you could uh, if you had um, I don't know if it was like strength or lock picking or something like that I forgot what it was, but you could uh, do that as an alternate route or or something else. Uh, it was also like a research skill. There's just lots of different stuff that you could do, lots of combat skills that you could also pick up. So if you wanted to use, uh, I think, it was, I don't know if it was like the science weapons or I think it was categori categorized. Uh, there's the melee stuff and the, the pistol stuff and then the, fire, the rifle or heavy weapons been a while since i played it but yeah. it's got all that stuff all, all the nice little rpg sort of uh doodads that you would want uh and uh a world to explore and it's not it is subdivided into very large levels but you're essentially you're on a spaceship so you're in a confined area and you can revisit each floor of the spaceship whenever you want hmm. even though each level of the spaceship each floor is a level it is a map that gets loaded in and that you're exploring within and there yes there is a uh, a uh, loading um what's the term for it load screen uh <laughs> when you're going in between each floor that yeah, turn no, almost got you uh you're you're still you can retrace and 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 uh backtrace to other areas of the ship whenever you want. Yeah. And there's always something going on. 
And there, it always has this element of silence. That's like probably the worst part about the game is that it is eerily silent for a ship in space. Uh, there's always going to be some atmospheric stuff going on. Not in here. But, but just before you, you least suspect it, always when you least suspect it, you hear some sort of screaming or some, something grotesque either right behind you or is right down the hallway and is coming after you. And I can't remember how, I can't, for, I can't even count like how many times I've like jumped up as like a, a jump scare. Like there's so many, this, this game has so many jump scare moments because they, the way that they have tweaked the, the, the generation where they generate another enemy, they put them in just the right spot to spawn a brand new enemy or cluster of enemies or, or problems. I, I'm just going to call them problem scares. <laughs> they just find the right opportunities to insert them when you least suspect it. And then, oh, there's more enemies. Like, ah, oh, where'd you come from? You turn the corner and it's like, oh, it's one right there. Or they won't even, like, have it make a sound. You just turn around and, and it's, it's just there. there. It's, oh, it's, it's just awful. Awful what they do. And then, uh, and then these things are like weird abominations, like cybernetic zombies, crazy abomination type stuff, all relative to the storyline uh, that's taken place within, within this world and within this spaceship. And there's this crazy uh, AI that has tightened up security and is um, certainly uh, conflicted. Uh, it, it, it's been corrupted in some way. You don't know how or why or what's going on because you kind of woke up from cryogenic sleep. So you're trying to figure that out. You, you obviously know that, that the, the ship's AI computer system is weird and wonky. And whatever survivors are there uh, are very few and far between. And sometimes you, you, it's it's almost too late when you get up to uh, one of the the NPC survivors. Uh, sometimes you have to you're doing a lot of talking through intercom systems and whatnot, mm -hmm. trying to pick up the story from there. Talking to different uh, NPC characters left and right. Sometimes you're picking up notes. Sometimes you're picking up recordings. And as you would get from Bioshock, but in this one, they really cranked up and maintained that degree of horror. And it was also hard. It was difficult. That's just yeah. freaking great. <laughs> not not impossible or anything like that, but it was. It's definitely a, a hard a, a hard game that that doesn't mind being hard because I mean you do have quick save, so that's that's a yeah. nice PC uh, thing. Uh, the big takeaway for System Shock Two. And I say this to everyone, uh, it has the best video game villain of all time, my opinion. The main antagonist. The main antagonist is definitely the best one, the best written one, the best one. Uh, the only one that, that comes close, and I can definitely see the argument for people thinking is better, is Gladys. All right, okay. Yep. So that, that's the only one I could think of being better written, but this game also came out. Uh, Gladys wouldn't exist without System Shock and System Shock Two. Okay. Like System Shock Two set up that Bioshock's uh, final uh, boss or, or big antagonist, right? Right. That that antagonist owes everything to what System Shock set up. Mm -hmm. Like you take 
any of the Shock games that come after System Shock, they all owe it to System Shock 2. It's just absolutely fantastic. I don't know if I... I've never played System Shock 2. I don't know if it's a game that i jump into, just considering... I don't know. I don't know if it's aged well. Do you think it's aged well? Uh, It was fine by me. I was able to jump into it. Uh, It... When I played it, it's not like it's remade or anything like no, that. Right, so right, right. It, it, I'll tell you this right now. It'll run on your potato. It would no run. Problem. Okay. <laughs> no. That's all you need to tell me. That's all you need to tell me. Running on my and potato I, machine, I'm good. And I, I think it's like super cheap, too. I only picked it up for, it was like on sale. I picked it up for like five bucks or less. Like okay. an absolute steal to, to get the game. It's $10 on Steam. So I'm going to have to wait for a deep sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean that that system of shock too is just an excellent and example of an old school horror RPG, probably one of the definitive horror RPGs that exists out there. Awesome. All right, number 2. Dark Souls, the OG, the original. The OG. No, did you have this one rated higher than I did? I did, yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's it's the one that it's the one that did it. Yeah. Right? You know, Dark Souls three is it the better game? Yes. Except in level design, I, I do like the just fully interconnected world of Dark Souls rather than the slightly disconnected world of Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. And certainly I like it more than uh, Dark Souls 2's very linear level design. But Dark Souls, it just, uh, the level design, that mystery, that lore that was there but not there. Yeah. Uh, and that frightening nature, just that, that first time experience with it was just absolutely fantastic. Where, where Dark Souls 3, it le- you knew what you were getting into. You knew it was going to be hard. You knew that you know, you were going to be fearful of every corner you turn. Right. But it wasn't, you knew it, right? You knew you were going to have it. But in Dark Souls, you weren't expecting it. No, not when it first came out, right? It was the first time. I ever experienced that sort of stuff and it was just just phenomenal phenomenal experience uh the I think one of the only or if not the only game I platinumed on the on the PlayStation 3 I I got that game on PlayStation 3 platinumed it I got the enhanced version on PC and beat that game to all craziness and then I think I'm I want to get it again on Switch, just so I can play it on Switch. <laughs> just to have it. Yeah, I, I mean, of, of all of them, this one nails the horror, or the kind of like the, yeah, what we're kind of hitting at here, right? Kind of like the horror theme. Uh, this one nails it throughout the entirety of the game, essentially. Um, it's very dark, gritty. Um, it definitely, you know, has the the same aspects that we all know and love with Dark Souls, kind of like the intense combat. Um, I I do like some of the characters, uh, the NPCs in the game. Um, again, I still prefer Dark Souls three over this one, but I do appreciate the fact that this one came first. Um, and, and there are some levels like 
in Dark Soul or some areas where it is so freaking dark. <laughs> like I, if you yeah. don't have some semblance of light in there, whether it's I, I think you can carry lanterns in yep. in Dark Souls, um, the original. If you don't have a lantern, you are running in the dark. <laughs> you are or having torch. or a torch, yeah. Um, you are you are having a tough time, but yeah, some of the some of the enemy design. I think there's a lot more variety in the original Dark Souls, whereas as they go on with the Dark Souls two and three, like the enemy variety kind of, I, I think they lost that for whatever reason. There's just a lot more enemy variety in the original Dark Souls. I will give them that. There's there's probably a bigger diversity of uh of environments in Dark Souls two uh or. The, the original Dark Souls, yeah. it, it was just not not only were the were the levels just bigger, they may not they may not have been as each individual sort of environment may not have been as well thought out as the environments of Dark Souls three, but they were they were uh, there were so many different envi- interconnected environments, so many different zones yeah. areas to explore, and there there are some areas to explore and. All the Dark Souls games had this, but in Dark Souls, the original, there were like massive areas that were completely optional yeah. and hidden from the player, like like very hidden. And the other Dark Souls games had this, but Dark Souls 1 had it and had multiple areas that were hidden from the player that the player did not need to access to, be, to beat the game. It was very easy to get lost, though, I, I found. It was like... I mean, granted, Dark Souls doesn't really give you the games in general don't give you a good indication as to where to, you need to go, but it was very easy to get lost in Dark Souls the original because of that fact, right? Because there was just it was so vast, so big, um, and and that was part of why I I, uh, I loved it so much was getting lost and trying to figure out where to go next was. It that that form of exploration was really excellent to sort of take in. Yeah. Yeah, I I do love me some uh, Dark Souls, and and you're right. Maybe I will. Um, hmm. Maybe I will get Dark Souls. How how was the? Do you recall how the magic worked or how it was in the original the, Dark Souls? Was so it? It, it's serviceable. Okay. It's not. It's not as good as Dark Souls Two, and certainly not as good as Dark Souls Three's magic casting system. Dark Souls is probably the worst of the. If if I had to also compare it to Demon Souls' magic system, Dark Souls is probably the worst one because magic casting in Demon Souls was really powerful. Yeah. It was. It was kind of, kind of overpowered uh, versus other elements. But in Dark Souls, they kind of maybe overcompensated on nerfing it, oh, okay. uh, and, and and it was it's still playable and serviceable. You can still do a magic caster route, but it didn't feel right. Something was still off about it, uh, and they kind of fixed that on Dark Souls Two. Certainly, they fixed it in Dark Souls Two, and then they just enhanced it even better yeah. on Dark Souls Three. They made you actually want to play as a caster in Dark Souls Three. Well, they made everything viable in Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3. Yeah, they made everything viable and made everything balanced in a viable way Yeah, in Dark Souls 3. Cool. Number one. Oh, number one. 
This this game makes me so sad. Very sad. Go ahead. Tell tell them what number one is. So this is the number one horror RPG, the absolute granddaddy of them all. Undisputed. The king, the queen, everything in between. That is Bloodborne. Bloodborne. A game I have yet to play, yet want to so badly... And I ranked number one on my list because I know I am again. I am. I've mentioned it so many times. I am such a fan of Dark Souls and the combat. I know for a fact that I would absolutely love Bloodborne. Uh, just just the environment itself just it oozes like, uh, like horror movie. It just oozes scary movie. Like anything you think of. It's just it's just so dark, gritty, depressing. Like old school, like London type of feel. Um. You, yep. you go on, you go on. I'm yep. just going to watch some gameplay while you're talking. <laughs> it's got the gore, it's got the horror, it's got the horror, whether you want you want werewolf horror, you want vampire horror, you want uh, you want witches, It it's got it, it's got it, it's got it. You want shape-shifting stuff, you want crazy, weird, demonic, bestial creatures, it's got it. You want things of the cosmos, it's got it. You want eldritch horrors, it's got it. It's got it. It's got it you all, man. Psychopathic, psychopathic NPCs, you want people that speak, that, that are just going crazy, and, and you thought that they were your friend one moment, and then they turn on you uh, uh, the next. It's got it. It's got it. It's got everything to make you scream over and over again. It's got the whole horror aspect of of just gameplay-wise, dreading what's around the corner, as typical with, with any of the Souls-like games. Mm -hmm. But you know that what's around the next corner is going to literally look horrific. <laughs> it will be absolutely debaucherous, and things just get crazier the further in the game you go. It has this uh, kind of behind the scenes, casually behind the scenes. It's there, you're aware of it, but it, it works, you, you don't know what it does. This insight system. Yeah, I was going to ask you to mention that. You're building up this insight, and the more insight you have, it's sort of like uh, your understanding of the things that are happening, being able to peer behind, uh, behind the veil of what's covering everything, the the world, the illusion of of the world that you that you are perceiving or that you originally perceived, and how with more insight, what you originally perceived is no longer what you originally perceived. It is the horrors that actually lurk behind everything that exists in this world that you once knew and understood, and now you do not know it, and you definitely don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense anymore, and everything is just gone to. You're you're in a living, unwakeable nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I I just love the look of this game, like the the gothic type of gothic London. Just like everything, everything looks like elongated, almost like Nightmare Before Christmas, like where everything's kind of long and lanky. Um. I love the the different kinds of uh, or the different weapon types that you don't typically see in a lot of um, 
games of this nature. Um, I mean, it has it has some of them, um, but just like the scythes and like there's so so many different kinds. Of, like, what are some and, of the other kinds of weapons that you can use? Uh, the saw blades. Yeah. Uh, the what's the circular saw? There's like this. Uh, I love it. It's um, what was it called? Uh, well. One of my favorites that so that circular blade saw one is in the uh, the DLC expansion. Okay. But uh, I forgot what it was called. But that that one's just wild because it screams. It has that circular saw scream that like like oh, like that yeah, electrical yeah, yeah. sound that's spinning like thousand RPMs like crazy. And it's just a a couple of saw blades at the end of like basically a big giant pole arm. And you're just slamming that into enemies, and you can hold it in front of you, and it just continuously spins. And every single weapon in that game, by the way, is meant to spill blood. Yeah, it's so just, they're serrated. Everything looks like a, they're torturous items, right? Yeah. And and um, one of my favorite weapons in there is uh, another one called the Kirkhammer, and it's the sword, but on strapped to your back is this. Is this tombstone just just a, a raw slab <laughs> of stone, and you can jam your blade into it, and your what's what used to be just a blade turns into uh, a hammer with a tombstone as the as the hammer part as the hammerhead. That's, that's <laughs> so you got what like I mean. Yeah, two-handed like tombstone hammerhead weapon, and then you can. Uh, they're, these weapons are called trick weapons, and then you can uh, trick it to turn it into like this faster-moving finesse uh, sword attack uh, type thing. There's a a, a bladed uh, a whip cane, yep. where it's a cane, a walking cane, but uh, just like uh, there's those whip swords, but it's a whip cane, so it's got blades inside of the the shaft of the cane that that turns into like this this uh this uh zip line of blades and stuff and you and you can sort of uh just uh slash around your character and all these the little tiny blades will will circle around you and around the enemies and you get some extra reach and they're all of course gonna deal lots spill lots of blood because mm -hmm. that's that's how you uh you do things because the game is all about blood yep it's in the name <laughs> it's it's right it's right it's right there <laughs> it's right there it's the game is about blood it's called bloodborne for a reason blood is a huge huge uh t part of the story and of the theme uh of the game so much so that it it's it's also a game that is ties into uh, to women and womanly things. It ties into that a whole lot. Uh, and I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know if I want to dive deeper into that, but I don't know well, what that means. Well, there, there's uh, ugh, I don't I don't want to say anything because you know I, I might get into like spoiler territory oh, yeah, or yeah, definitely maybe. don't do that either. Yeah. Uh, well, that that doesn't reveal anything. I mean, it it it's there. I mean, it's part. It's once again, it's part of the name of the game, right? It's called Blood, first mm -hmm. part, and Born, second part. So you're combining the two 
to make the name of the game. And, and those two things are also like just two very key aspects of the game itself, uh, because the world is filled of people that have become, that have discovered this, this blood. And this blood has like powers. Okay. And they kind of, they kind of get reborn from the, these experiments that they do with this blood. And that eventually leads to the town. Uh, I guess the experiments go wrong or something. I forgot that part of the story, but that leads into like everyone turning into like weird werewolfy things. Right. And you, the hunter, wakening up and uh, at the night of the hunt, and you gotta you gotta take out the werewolves. Yeah. Man, just everything about this game, I just know I would absolutely lo- like. I'm taking a look at all these armor sets that that's available. I'm like, oh, these things are so yeah. freaking. Cool, no, man. Just, just get it. Just get it. So cool. Yeah, but it's an expensive <laughs> just get it. I gotta get a PS4 to play this game. And I understand there'd be other games I'd I'd play. Just that needs to that needs to happen. I'll tell you what, the PS4 is gonna get a whole lot cheaper. I will wait. I've been waiting. I mean, why right, the heck right not? After November, after November, I mean, there's gonna be a whole lot of used PS4s. And then I will get Bloodborne. Or you could scoop up a PS5, and hopefully that enhances some of the drawbacks. Because there's only like one major drawback to Bloodborne, and that's the frame rate. That's the only thing that that actually hinders Bloodborne. Okay. Everything else about it is a masterpiece, masterful experience. It's mm. my game of the generation by a landslide. It's there's uh, not counting uh, Breath of the Wild. I keep that as a separate thing because that's game of all time whereas Bloodborne (laughs) is game of the generation there you go, that's how I separate it (laughs) okay, well that works, that works yeah, that is our list our top 15 horror RPGs what do you guys think? I know know we've probably upset some people Uh, what did we leave off? I believe we've mentioned mostly everything. Uh, if we left anything, please let us know. Ah, we got them all. We got them all. We got so, them all. We're done. We're done here. <laughs> all right. Awesome. That is going to wrap up today's episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know any way you can. Um, if you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on those platforms. So your support there would be amazing. And finally, remember, you can, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, see you later.